Good evening, my name's Richard. And my name's Peter. And this is the quick start for the kickstart, our ongoing series of little sound bites into what is happening with the Subterra Kickstarter campaign. Um, as I say, my name's Richard, I'm joined by the wonderful Mr. Peter Blenkarm. Um It has been another busy week. How has it been? <laughs> well, busy, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been it's been a good week, been an exciting week actually. Um, last week was was a lot of hard work, getting a lot of stuff kind of put together. Um, yeah. But um, so last week we ran a, a competition for um, like basically a concept for a miniature that we weren't originally going to be able to do. Yeah. Um, in the in the campaign, and we basically asked the backers like, "What do you think this should look like?" Um, <laughs> and uh, basically ran this competition, be like. I mean, if you guys want this, that's awesome. Um, we didn't think that you would, but that's cool. Um, like, what kind of things you want? Um, so we basically put a, a thing out saying, whoever can come up with the best concept gets a lot of cool prizes. Uh, the runners-up will get a lot of cool stuff as well. And then we'll we'll make this an option, basically, on the campaign. Um, and that was that was really fun. And you came out with something that um, that looked very quite horrific. Yeah, it's kind of messed up, doesn't it? <laughs> like, yeah, it's I mean, kind of like aptly named the wretch. Like so, it's just this like messed up. So, like, <laughs> what was the good name of the person that won it then? Um, bear with me, I will just tell you. Yeah, we um, should yeah, I don't want to get the name wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that was it. You give out the wrong name and then somebody went, hang on, I, I was told that. That's with me. <laughs> um, so it's someone called Johanna uh, Hirvonen, I think that's how you pronounce it, um, from Finland. Brilliant. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's actually really cool. She was one of the backers who um, commented on the, the sort of the comments thread of that update, being like, mm. that's awesome. This person comes from my hometown, um, which is quite nice. <laughs> that's pretty um, cool. Yeah, it's just really sweet. Um, and loads of people being like, oh, this is cool. Or maybe like, oh, this isn't what I expected. Like, this is interesting. Um, also made a complete bugger up when I um, thought it'd be a really sensible idea to uh, show everyone like the results from like the, the count. Because we'd use like the, the AV voting oh, system right. to like yeah. work it out. Okay. And I basically buggered up the last round of it. Um, fortunately, the same winner came out the other end. Um, All right. So it didn't actually make any difference to the final result, but I was just like, oh my god. Like, and then you know the team were like, yeah, Peter, this is why you don't show your working. <laughs> so it was me <laughs> trying to be this like, you know, transparent Kickstarter creator or whatever. I just like, shot myself in the foot. Um, exactly. It's like all this kind of like the past three weeks of like complete transparency and trust have just disappeared out the window <laughs> as people scream at him, he's fixed the vote, he's fixed the vote, kind of thing. <laughs> Which is clearly not the case. I mean, obviously, this wasn't part of the plan. Was having one of the, you know, having one of the horrors actually coming to life and becoming a miniature. So, mm. um, and it's going to be an add-on, isn't it? It's, it's not going to be yeah. part of the, of the actual, um, of the actual pledge. So, I guess it gives you open to, if they want the horrors to be something unknown, they can keep that. If they want the horror yeah, exactly. to actually have a physical presence, they can have that as well. We are, it's kind of an interesting kind of crossroads here because we're kind of at the point where 17 days to go because this is Monday mm-hmm. night, um, almost 3,000 backers. Yeah, scary number of people. It's madness, uh, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I have to keep kind of remember. like it's, it's, it's kind of weird actually because you look at the numbers and you go, oh, that's a lot. And you realise that like... It's actually like I remember hearing this thing a while ago about like people find it really difficult to deal with big numbers, and that like, yeah. and and I really understand what that means in this context. Like, you, 
you know, if someone says, okay, um, you've got 10 apples, like you can kind of see in your mind's eye what that looks like. Like, you know, you kind of got two big handles full of apples. And then if someone says you've got 100 apples, you can kind of, well, it's like that, but just like 10 times that many. It's maybe like a, a whole crate full of apples. But then if <laughs> someone says like 90 million apples, just like, I have no, I, no idea <laughs> no, how big that absolutely is. Absolutely no idea. Like, it's, just, it's just a lot. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of how that is at the moment. Like this big chunk of, of, of money from pledges and this big number of packers, it's just like, there's just a lot of people. Um, it's kind of got past that point where I can actually like conceive of how big that crowd of people is. You're going to take up substantial room in the manufacturing warehouse now. You do realise that. Yeah. <laughs> when they put everything out and they put it all on pallets, um, you know, it's like, are you going to need a bigger... You're not going to, maybe not going to need a bigger container, but you might need to obviously stretch out to a couple more pallets and stuff like that. I remember yeah. seeing it. I think it was a, a campaign um, quite recently um, where they had decided, I think it was... Herbaceous, oh yeah, um, by Eduardo Baraf, yeah, and he decided that he got the stuff delivered to his house, and then he says, okay, here's the here's the number of games that are got going out to our US backers, and pretty much his entire house was kind of taken up by these no. poor games. <laughs> so you can imagine if they come, you know, basically if you end up in the same situation and folks say, I'll tell you what, for the UK backers, we'll just deliver it to your house. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna need a bigger. You're gonna need a bigger studio. Oh, but um, I mean, yeah, I mean, we did yeah, that I mean, one time and never again. <laughs> what what happened with that? What was that for? Was that um, oh, that was from Molecular back in the day. Was um, it? Yeah, that was, that was a long time ago now. But um, yeah, we decided that it'd be because we we you know we were still fairly small fry at the time. I mean, we still are really, but like you know, we we hadn't really got our kind of heads around all the different shipping options, and we were a little bit worried that we'd end up like overcommitting and then it taking ages and we'd say you know it's it's 550 backers like that's a number you know we can deal with you know get a team together we just need to sit down you know for for a weekend and work it all out get it all laid out and you know just, just go from there and do it all by like post office my hermes that kind of stuff buy a you know? couple of but yeah buy a couple of books of first class stamps and then yeah exactly it was, <laughs> it was basically how we did it it was pretty bootleg but it worked pretty well um yeah but it's it was it was just quite stressful because like you know, being idiots that we are, we decided that on our first ever Kickstarter campaign, we're going to have loads of different options. Um, you know, I think one of one of the reasons we we did so well on the first campaign was because we had those, you know, the add-ons, the extra levels, and whatever. Um, but it was an absolute nightmare to to get right. You know, you got oh, yeah, yeah. You got it's like you know, groups of people. It's like okay, who just wants the bog standard game? And then it's like UK, Europe, America, everywhere else. And then who wants the game but with add-on number one? And then. And then the same thing, but with add-on number two. And then the same thing with add-on number one and two. And then you kind of got that whole thing. you got all these different, like, individual piles that you've got to attach, like, the right label to, put the custom stickers on. Like, it was frustratingly difficult uh, to get it all absolutely right. I, I, mean, think, I, had, I don't like, know. I think Caesar, Caesar put a, a kind of an update out from Alley Cat Games about Lab Wars. Yeah. Um, basically saying <laughs> kind of like the same thing that we, <laughs> we said we were going to ship out last week. But uh, what happened is that uh, we realised that uh, we had uh, had to do it staggered now because we kind of we offered all these different combinations and we th- we didn't realise how long it would take to put everything together and pack it by hand. So <laughs> you're yeah. gonna have to wait a little bit longer. But he has got a picture on his latest uh, update, and it is kind of like a room full of uh, cardboard boxes. Yes, yeah. just <laughs> incredibly funny. So. Yeah. Um, all the yeah, all the best to Caesar. That should be his his stuff kind of uh, 
finish, but um, Euro is where are we now? One hundred and fifty-six thousand. Yeah, about that. Um, it's gonna be like it is 158 yeah. where has it been on the growth side of things obviously we're into past our I guess our third week now so where's, where have we been on the kind of the growth chart is things being steady um, yeah it's been pretty steady for the past sort of week or so um, oh. I've been kind of keeping an eye on things and you know seeing what's kind of been getting people excited and whatever um, mm. but yeah the past sort of like week and a half has been, been fairly consistent at about sort of 50 backers a day about two, 3,000 pledges yeah. a day uh, pounds worth of pledges even um, which is pretty good like you know it's it's weird because it, when you look on like kick track and stuff obviously the first day was so colossal that you know you've got these tiny little bars on the bar chart they look really <laughs> insignificant you realise it's like 50 people giving you like 80 quid each <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lot of people with a lot of money um, but uh, is there, yeah. I mean is there a kind of a, is there kind of like a, a kind of an average of what people are going for backing wise I mean or yeah, so um, so because on on the the sort of like the the creator side of the Kickstarter page, it shows you like a graph of like a bar chart of like who's how many people have backed each pledge level, mm-hmm. um, and then kind of what percentage of the overall funding that contributes to you, that kind of thing, and yeah. like the way it kind of looks at the moment, um, which is, is kind of what we expected, but like people have obviously been more excited about this than we, we thought we were going to be, um, but you know there's a there's a few people we've got like a. 100 people who've gone for the £1 level. Um, so, you know, just kind of the sale and keep a tab on the updates and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then we've got 700 people on the straightforward game with no extras. Um, yeah. So, yeah, looking at that. So there's probably a few people in there who've got some add-ons, but basically just like just won the game. Then the biggest one is we've got uh, nearly 1,300 people, so nearly double that amount, um, backing the veterans one, which is the game and all the expansions. Um, which is our most popular pledge level by a long, long way. Um, yeah. And then we've got another, about another thousand people, about nine hundred, but yeah, about nine hundred people going for the like the fancier options, so getting the collector's box and the miniatures and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's do almost like it's kind of two, two kind of peaks, I suppose. Do you think there's going to be? I mean, is the plan to do what seems to be popular, which is you close the campaign and then when the the surveys go out, you'll allow people to kind of buy buy the extras or even upgrade grade their pledges. Is that the plan or are you just kind of closing it down and saying, okay, this is what you've you've backed, that'll be what you've kind of been getting? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, it's it's something, it's it's a little bit difficult at times to work it out because the, on the one hand, we want to give people who've backed, you know, a flexible opportunity to back at whatever level they want. Yeah. You know, and, and, and be real about it. Like, some people just don't have the money at that one particular day that the Kickstarter pledges get processed, but they might week after because of a paycheck or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to be quite careful as well because um, what we don't want a situation is where we, we might massively disincentivize people backing on the Kickstarter and oh, I'll just wait for the pledge manager. Yeah. Because obviously, like, you know, we want to get the stretch goals. Like, we want to... Wouldn't be able to guarantee, you know, we've got got that money in, so we can do all the cool stuff. Like if it happens in the pledge manager, like we've already sent, you know, the order to the manufacturer that, by that point. Um, so it's it's a bit of a shame if people do that, but but you know, basically everyone who's backed will will get an opportunity to upgrade if they want to, um, yeah, and then anyone okay. who who hasn't, um, you know, they'll be able to to order through the pre order shop, which will basically be the same sort of thing. Um, be be able to go on to whichever pledge management service we use, um, and uh, you know, essentially select a pledge and add-ons as they would normally, um, but just kind of as a new backer rather than as a Kickstarter backer. 
That's pretty cool. I mean, is it, so you are going to have late pledges then? That is going to be a thing? Yeah, I mean, it won't be a I mean, very well, long. Pre- yeah, yeah. Um, just because we're, we're aiming to have a really quick turnaround. Um, yeah. So we're chatting to the manufacturer just before they, they went on their um, Chinese New Year holiday. Um, and, you know, we'll be we'll be getting the, the, the white box sample, which is like basically an unprinted version of the game as it would be manufactured. Um, so with all the same materials and stuff, um, like pretty much mid-February um, when they get back from the holiday. Um, that's top, top of that list. Um, that's two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not that long. Um, that's not that long at all. So you just get pretty much an entire blank copy of the game so you can check yeah. the component quality and everything like that as well. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I'm, I'm not at all worried about it because we've had the one for Statecraft um, about a month or so ago now. Um, and I checked for all the components and it was like, 100% spot on. Like, all the components, perfect. Like, perfect. couldn't really ask for much more. Like, um, you know, the factory manager, uh, the, the manufacturer we're using is brilliant. Um, mm. Really responsive and stuff. So, you know, we had one or two problems where it's like, oh, you missed off this bin. Like, oh, sorry, I forgot to put it in. <laughs> like, anyway, it was, it was just, yeah, it's literally on my desk in front of me. Like, I, I just forgot to put it in the box. Um, oh, it, like, go. took a picture of his phone and stuff. Um, but, uh, but yes, I mean, once we've, once we've got that, um, then we'll be able to make any any final requests for like materials changes or mm. you know dimensions or whatever else. You know, if it comes out, it's too big for a Kallax shelf, for example. Then you know we might tweak it a little bit, yeah. um, just the kind of practical bits and bobs. And then uh, then we'll do a print proof where they basically do the same thing, but print one. And they, how they basically do that is they start the entire print run, and then, but they fast track like a certain number of units, usually like ten or something, through the whole process. Yeah. Um, so you've got like ten thousand copies, kind of slowly making the way through the whole machine. But um, you've got like a few that a few people take through the whole, the whole process, right, to shrink wrapping the thing, um, and then they airmail that to us and say, "Is everything okay?" Um, and we go, "Yeah, it's fine. Like, keep going." Or if it's not, they they can kind of rectify the stuff like quite easily. Mm. Um, and we should get that hopefully early March. Um, so if if all goes well by the end of March, beginning of April, we should have all the games produced um at the very least all the the kind of the the core games um you know some of the other stuff might take a bit longer like producing the molds for minis and stuff yeah um, that, that we yeah. anticipated doing to start with um, is that is that factored into the time scale now that we've brought the miniatures in if you you, you i mean you sound confident that you're going to be on a very very quick turnaround from that so is that there's that kind of stuff already been kind of factored into the equation on how long it's going to take to bring this stuff in Kind of yes and no. Um, so originally, you know, we, we planned to do the core miniatures um, for the start of the campaign anyway. Um, so we, we factored in, you know, the time to produce the mould and time to, you know, look through the proofs and everything and make sure everything was right and get it all squared away. Um, what we hadn't anticipated was the sheer number of people wanting miniatures. Because um, just because the, the production processes aren't, for the miniatures are separate to, you know, just the printing for the, yeah, the chipboard yeah. and cards and stuff. It's it's a kind of a logistical challenge to kind of for the factory to make sure everything fits together time-wise. Um, so that's kind of hit the schedule a little bit. So what we're we're basically planning on doing, because we, we don't think we could do everything all at once within a time necessarily, particularly if it goes really big at the end of the campaign, is what we might end up doing is printing all of the, the core games and the expansions and the collector's boxes, and then doing the miniatures completely separately. Um, yeah. So basically shipping out all the main stuff, all the game content, um, all the kind of regular paper and cardboard printed stuff, and then do the, the, the miniatures completely separately as a kind of a separate production run and send them over afterwards. Um, you know, so that we can make sure everyone gets their stuff early, 
um, you know, we, we get the copies out there as fast as we can do. We get some copies to, to Expo, which is kind of the, the main objective for us at the moment. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, take it you know, across the world kind of stuff. Um, are the miniatures so. going to follow up later or are you going to hold on to the the core box and then as the miniatures arrive, ship them out to everybody? Um, I think we'll probably ship them separately um, if, yeah. if we do end up doing that. I mean, if we, it's it's preferable for us not to if we can manage it um, just because obviously like... Shipping two things, yeah. yeah. Shipping's expensive. Like, I mean, people don't realize this half the time, but like, generally speaking, um, what you're paying for shipping is probably a fraction of what it actually costs the creator in terms of the, you know, the the time they have to invest in working it out, the the relationship they have to have with a shipping or fulfillment company, the freight they've got to pay, the import taxes they've got to pay, the actual shipping charge itself, handling fees, everything is blumming expensive. Yeah. Um, and, and, and all it takes is somebody to say, I want a safety test on this batch that's coming out. And then you're yeah. like, yeah, okay, thanks for yeah. that. It can, you, it, yeah. can so, it can really screw you. Like, it's it's a dangerous game sometimes because like, if you don't get the shipping costs right, it can be brutal to yeah. a campaign's no. finances. Um, no. Like, I mean, it's it's aside from production, it's the most expensive thing. And sometimes it's more expensive than production. Um, like depending on you know the the ratio between the you know the size of your game and the weight of the game and how much the kind of the, the game costs at retail or whatever um, and the shipping you, you can sometimes be like three times as expensive as the game just for the shipping. Um, well, which is I mean, I've kind seen of insane. no, no. I mean, I've seen that, and you know, I've seen a couple of um, you know, I've coveted a couple of games which are currently sitting in the states on pre-order, and yeah. the game is just the game's fine. The shipping's more expensive than the game, yeah, and it's just a non. I mean, and and I can imagine kind of shipping that in in kind of bulk. I take it your logistics for like the UK and delivering it within Europe and everything like that is all is all kind of sorted out. Yeah, it's uh, fairly straightforward. I mean, like the, the the difficulty isn't. It's kind of hard to explain. Really, it's it's, it's not really shipping to backers, yeah. like. You know, putting a label on a parcel and making sure the right stuff's in the parcel and then putting it in the post is the easy bit. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's fairly straightforward. You know, the, the people that do that know what they're doing. They do it every day. Yeah. Um, but the the working out the most like optimal system so that it's fast. It's you know, it's it's delivered intact. There's no damage. Um, you know, getting the right stuff to the right people, um, and it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. That's the hard bit. Mm-hmm. And like. You know, at the moment, because of the, the sheer size of the campaign now, we're, get, we're getting into big numbers, um, not just stuff I can do at my mum's you know, lounge like I did with my wife. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, You're going to need the dining room and the garage now. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the whole blooming estate as well, that's right. But, um, but yeah, yeah, so I mean, with, with this kind of numbers, you know, we need to start seriously thinking about, do we want to use a really big shipping company, like a, yeah. not, not a kind of games company, Um do we use a you know a big freight managing company to you know split the shipment between the US and the UK or the US China and the UK Australia like h- how do we manage this because the when you're freighting stuff you usually do it by volume uh, yeah. not by weight uh, it's basically how much space does it take up in the, the shipping container um, yeah, yeah. which is you know, it's a fair enough way of doing it um, so you've got to be careful that you don't end up in a situation where even though it basically costs the same to freight you know x amount to China. Sorry, the X amount from China to America, and then you know, same as again to to Europe or something like that. That you don't end up then 
costing yourselves extra because you're not getting the same, you know, scalability from the freight people, so the shipping people, when yeah, you send the mats no. back. It's obviously give you bulk discounts and stuff if you send a lot of parcels from the same place. Um, so sometimes it can actually be more cost effective to get your entire bunch of stuff halfway across the world in one big chunk and then send it out from one place, um, even if it costs you like 20 quid for one box sometimes um, because, you know, the bulk of them will be, will be cheaper. Yeah. So you, t- you take a hit on the people, you know, buying from Taiwan, Malaysia, uh, Brazil, yeah. stuff like that. But, yeah, um, no, exactly. yeah. but obviously the majority of backers are in, you know, looking on the campaign page now, I can guarantee vast majority, like probably 80% will be Western Europe and North America. And that is not expensive to send. Um, yeah. Because there's, there's so much going through there anyway that you just kind of get on the back of the wagon. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Like that. That's good. So long, you know, with the success comes an awful lot more thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. A lot more spreadsheets. I mean, it's almost home straight time. I mean, in two weeks' time, you know, for everybody who is putting the money out there and backing it, then as far as they're concerned, this will, will kind of be be over. Um, you have put up some more stretch goals um, mm-hmm. of late. Do you want to kind of make quickly maybe mention, bring out a couple of them for... Um, for the listeners' pleasure, something yeah, that sure. can entice them to you know, <laughs> be looking to do. It. Especially there was a big one there, yeah. Um, which I think you kind of mentioned. Um, you kind of um, dropped subtle hints the last time you chatted. <laughs> so yeah, do you want to talk about a couple of the newer stretch goals that are going to be coming out? Sure. So there's a kind of a, a few few ones that I, I suppose like the most interesting for me, I guess, the kind of ones I'm most excited about. But um, one of the things we've been looking at recently is um, the kind of custom dice thing. You know, a lot of campaigns will be like, instead of having just pips on the dice, we'll, we'll do something funky with it. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we basically decided to do the same thing. But then we were chatting about it in the team and thought that actually what would be really cool is to put a load more time into the design and do like, you know, you've seen these kind of like boutique RPG dice sets that are like really interesting designs, you know, kind of get these like dwarven rune sets and all that kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. So we're going to do that with the, the dice in the game, but we're also going to produce a an add-on like RPG dice set with the same set of designs. So the kind of sub-terror world dice, um, just as a kind of fun extra, um, which would be cool. There's a few people kind of suggested that. Um the one after that is a uh, companion app. So um, we've been chatting up a uh, yes, an app developer, yes. um, which should be pretty cool. Because um, we thought, you know, it's the, it's the kind of game that because it's so, we, you know, we've aimed for it to be thematic and immersive, and you know, we've come up with the soundtrack already. Um, this guy uh, called Joachim from uh, uh, Norway, who's one of our translators actually, um, who's a kind of amateur sound designer on on the side, um, who's uh, putting together our soundtrack for us. Um, and we thought it'd be really cool, you know, if you had like a soundboard. So rather than just you know playing it on Spotify or something, you know, you you've actually got like a you know hazard comes out like a rockfall and you press the rockfall button and it sounds like a bunch of rocks are coming on your head. That would be um, pretty cool. And uh, and yeah, we got we got all sorts of ideas what we can do with the app and we put like a suggestions um, box up f- just for the app specifically and loads of people have said you know you could do this, you could do that. Um, so you know, kind of budget willing um, for the for the app, we'll we'll be able to do a lot of cool features to kind of supplement the game experience. Um, you know, do all the kind of immersive stuff, and then one of the things we've got planned, if we can afford the the app developers' time, is to do kind of like competition support app. Um, so we're, we're working on a system, kind of like the the pandemic competition system, where you're doing like teams against each other with like the same deck construction and stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, that um, sounds interesting. Yeah, like yeah, okay. uh, basically like a way of doing that just from your phone. Uh, so you know, a shop organizer can just like do it straight off the phone. Um, which is pretty cool. Um, that one that's cool. been requested like a million times, and I'm so glad we can do this one now, is basically a little like UV black light 
um, in the collector's boxes. Um, basically, because we're, we're doing like these UV fluorescent uh, print finishes on some of the components. Yes. Um, and the idea is that like you know you can play it like under a like UV light, um, and it'll glow and look all eerie and weird and mysterious. Um, I think a lot of people are quite quite excited by that one. I think this is quite funky. Um, but, uh, I can imagine a couple of people don't want to have a black light anywhere near their house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah. Do you want to play that in the dark? <laughs> let's let's not go down there. <laughs> let's just let yeah, let's do the talk. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's cool. And then there's the really big one. Yeah. <clears throat> so I th- we put this here because this is this is something we've wanted to do for a long time. No. Um, as as ICB as well as just kind of the subterra team, um, mm. and. It's it's a bit unusual, I want to say. Um, but basically what we want to do is a documentary. Um, so one of my, my good friends from university, he's in the TV industry and has all, all the kit, um, I want to say, because he, he does documentaries as his job um, for like BBC and Channel 4 and whatnot. Well, that's pretty cool. cool. Um, and what we, we wanted to do is document the entire experience of what actually happens when we, in our office in London, say, okay, yeah, you can now print the game. Like what actually goes on in the factory, and what what actually happens, you know, not just in the factory, but like who, who are the people that make this, like who what are they like, and, you know, what 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 makes them want to work in this industry, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's hundreds of factories all over, um, you know, the area that we're going to be be visiting hopefully in, in Shanghai, um, and you know, there's thousands of factories all over China. Like, well, why are they working at this factory, not another? What is it about this job that, that appeals to them? You know what. What do they they know about the products that they're producing? You know, do they do they engage with them? Do they play board games at home? Like, what, what's the kind of story there? Um, you know, how do all the the printing processes work? Um, you know, how how do you make playing cards? How do you make punch board tokens? How do you you do all the print finishes? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. All the yeah. kind of really you know, when I say like the nerdy technical stuff that people. No, really I mean it's know. not it's not been done, and I think um, it would help. I mean, people want to know these things, and I think people would find it fascinating as well. Well, yeah. I mean, like, even for us, just like even working out like what what actually happens in the factory is just really cool. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, we're, we're intrigued just to like see the machines working. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it should be really cool. Like, we talked to um, the the factory manager who we met at Essen when we went um, last October, and we were like, you know, is this something we could do? And they were like, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, you can you can come and stay with us. Like, come have a look around the factory. And it's like, ah, awesome. Um, so, you know, basically the idea is, you know, at that point, you know, we've got enough in the budget to, to fund a trip over there. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, get, get all the money together for bits of equipment that we need and, um, you know, pay for flights and stuff. Um, then we could do, but hope, hopefully what we're going to end up doing if we do get to that level is um, basically split, instead of doing it as like, you know, a Netflix documentary type thing, you split it up into yeah. loads of like five minute segments and put them on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and be like, you know, this is how playing cards are made. This is how punch board tokens are made. This is how they do oh, this cool, thing, yeah. that thing and the other. Yeah. So, you know, people need to look at what they're interested in. Um, and then we'll probably collate it all together and send out, you know, one big batch of files to the, the backers. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, like, I really hope we get to do that. Because I think it'd be, it'd be really interesting, you know, not just for us, but for, for a lot of backers who are a bit more intrigued about, you know, how how the whole thing actually comes together, you know, kind of very abstract at this point. So it's just a bunch of bunch of ideas and a few prototypes. Um, not not you know pallets full of games yet. No, exactly, exactly. And anything else planned for this week? Oh yes, <laughs> as always. Um, as always. Yeah. So this week we're running another sort of backer competition uh, called See the Darkness. This time instead of Shape the Darkness. Um, All right. And what we're doing is a, a competition where we want to see 
like it's kind of silly really but we want to see backers expressions as if they were being like pounced on by one of the horrors um so we're asking people to take photos of themselves or their friends basically like as if they've just been like leapt at by nasty monsters in the darkness um and then we're going to do a painting of them um Illustrator is going to do a painting of them and send it over to them as a, as like a fun prize. Um, that sounds absolutely fantastic. <laughs> We've had quite a few entertaining submissions already. Um, like we said, you know, for bonus points, give us a little bit of backstory. And some of them yeah. were a bit choice, uh, shall we say. Um, yeah. It's uh, be quite funny. Um, but yeah, and then hopefully in the, sort of, in the last sort of two weeks, we'll be running a few sort of social media based ones. Yeah. Um, so we're not exactly sure what, what form they'll take. You know, we'll, we'll look at the suggestions box to see what kind of pe- things people want to be able to do on the campaign. But but it's it's been really nice to be able to not just you know provide an opportunity for backers to help the project succeed, but like give them a way of actually contributing to it. Um, like with the the horror stuff, like we we didn't go into the campaign thinking we were going to do it, and then so many backers were like. This would be really fun. You're like, okay, sure. <laughs> like, let's see how it goes. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, it ended up with loads of people getting really stuck in. Like, we were like amazed by the amount of people that submitted stuff, and like, not just how many submitted, but like how much time they put into it as well. Like, knowing obviously there's a pretty good chance they weren't going to win anything. Um, you know, we were like, you know, we'll put everyone's submissions in the book and on the website and stuff, but you know, we yeah. can only we can only have one winner essentially. Um, but even with that kind of knowledge, people were, were really getting stuck in and like you know chatting to each other on the, the comment section, chatting about ideas and, and all sorts. Really cool. So, so it's all good. So another week, another week done. Seventeen days to go. Yeah. Two thousand nine hundred and forty odd backers. Yeah. And a hundred and fifty-eight thousand pounds. Quite a bit. <laughs> it's it's a decent number to head yeah. into the last two weeks to do. Yeah. Um, again, we will be putting the notes in. We'll be putting notes in the show notes, so we have notes to show. Um, you can. We'll have the Kickstarter campaign. We'll be there as always, and there will be links to. Uh, there'll be links to um, inside the boxes, um, social media, and there'll be links to ourselves at We're Not Wizards um, as well. So you can follow along. You can. Hide, you can cower, you can watch, <laughs> you can stay scared in the dark. But remember, if something jumps out at you, to make sure you take a photograph, because we really want to see those faces of terror. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but <clears throat> that's a good place to leave it, I think, to, to yeah. finish off today's quick start of the Kickstart. Um, it's again brought to you by We're Not Wizards and Inside the Box Board Games. So all that's left to do is a quick goodbye. So it's a goodbye from myself, Richard. And it's a goodbye from me as well. Okay, and we shall speak to you again on the same bat time, same bat channel. (laughs) (laughs) Bye for now.